Welcome to the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good. This season, we're focusing on what nonprofit leadership looks like in this next normal. I'm your host, Ellen Graf Martin, and each episode, you'll get to join me in conversation with some of my friends and peers in the Canadian nonprofit space who are changemakers and groundbreakers across Canada and beyond. Let's jump in. Jillian McShane, I am so excited and a little bit afraid um, to have you on the show today because you are my coach and you have been coaching me through this season. It was actually a total God's timing thing that we started coaching right right before this season started. And so I'm so excited to introduce you to our listeners today. So welcome. Well, thank you. And you don't need to be afraid because there will be no secrets shared unless you reveal anything. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. This is very good. Yeah. And so, you know, if I get a little bit too comfortable, then everyone just has fair warning. Um, But I'm pretty comfortable with you, Jillian. So thank you. And and likewise, it's such a pleasure to be with you. So Jillian, tell us who you are, what Mm -hmm. you do, and why you love it. Well, the complex Miss Jillian. Ah, Um, I am a life coach and leadership coach. I do consulting as well with teams and in corporate workplaces. But my love is coming alongside individuals like you and learning what's going on with you, listening, doing a lot of listening, asking a lot of questions, and then helping you sort of push through what boundaries or obstacles it might be either visible to you or invisible to you that's keeping you stuck. So Mm -hmm. I love it because it's so relational. And I really believe that when a leader changes, the world changes. Hmm. How so? Tell me, why do you believe that? Well, it's a trickle down, right? So good leadership always leads well. Um, Sometimes it's a little bit bumpy. But when a leader is growing, the team is growing. And when a leader gets stagnant, when a leader gets stuck, everything sort of grinds to a halt and there's a bit of a Mm -hmm. discomfort. Um, So when a leader is making strides, sometimes they're baby steps, sometimes they're leaps and bounds. The team is hopefully keeping up with them and that can change entire organizations and it can change the fabric of how we live in our communities and our families and in our world. And this is a season where, to be very honest, it's easy to get stuck uh, because it's like we're walking a bit in deep mud. I mean, so this is funny. I chose this mug today. So this is the mug I bought myself in February. I don't know if you can read it. It's been one of those days for three years now. And it's true. And I Mm -hmm. think some of us feel that way. 2020 feels like it has been three years. Well, I shared this with you when anything happens in our house. We just say 2020 like a curse word now, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the toilet Mm -hmm. breaks, 2020. So it just feels like it's this very, very long season, even though it's only been, what, seven months so far? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why would someone choose to have a coach right now? Uh, I think the question is, why would people choose to have a coach, period? Um, Crisis always brings about things that rise to the surface. But even in good times, people reach out to a coach because they feel that they're at a point where maybe they're at a crossroads and they want to know which way to move forward. Uh, Maybe they're at a transition in their life or maybe they're just stuck. 
So I always liken it to a high performance athlete. You know, they're trying to do their personal best uh, and they know what their skills are. They've been honing their skills. They're doing the thing, but they just can't make that little breakthrough. And a coach comes alongside, watches, observes, makes a few tweaks, and guess what? The athlete does the work and they're off to the races, so to speak. And it's the same with clients. Um, in crisis, clients are coming to me because they want to lead well through crisis. They want to come out the other side of this stronger. They want to be a good leader through it. And they're trying their best. And sometimes they're coming to me and they've already had stress coming in pre-COVID. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they're on the edge of burnout. So mm -hmm. some of those things are going on across the board. Um, I have clients in Cambodia, Australia, Los Angeles, right in your backyard. And I'm hearing similar stories from all of them. And I know I came to you last fall um, because I was tired, like yeah. worn out and worn out from juggling a lot of things. I think that there will be a lot of leaders, not not only female leaders, but I think that uniquely female leaders carry mm -hmm. a lot, especially when we are parenting, yep. um, juggling those sorts of things, family, sandwich, generation, um, yeah. leading a team. So, I mean, that is what drove me to. Now, I'm so glad that I did at the right time. And I know what, what made it a fit is that you kind of had a unique view into my life um, mm -hmm. because we share that we are both adoptive moms. That's and right. so we were able to talk about some of those. You, you understand my world in a very yeah. unique way. So how do you choose a coach as a leader? So, I mean, my our, our mutual friend, Dr. Mary, who is brilliant, said, you mm -hmm. need to talk to Jillian. <laughs> so she helped me find you. But how does someone find a coach and how do they choose a coach for them? Uh, ask for ask for a referral, which is what happened with you, right? Mm -hmm. Dr. Mary pointed you towards me um, because she knew both of our personalities and she knew I would push you, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, right? And she, she knows that I'll also keep you accountable, but I'll be grace-filled during it. Um, I, when I was looking for a coach, this is years ago, I tested out a few coaches. I reached out to a few people. Coaches will always offer a discovery call. Um, it's a great way of finding out if you're a fit. And if it doesn't feel like a fit, move on. But because it is a very intimate relationship and you want to be sure that you can be yourself and that um, you're going to be pushed adequately, but you don't want to be bullied. You don't want to be pampered. So you need to find somebody that's going to stretch you for sure, but you have to feel safe with that person. Mm -hmm. So good. So, okay. You have been coaching a lot of leaders <laughs> in I this time been. who have found you by the grace of God who have found mm -hmm. you. And you said that there are a lot of things that are common. So, and, yeah. and I, I may stick up my hand if some of these have come up with me, <laughs> but okay. what, are, what are you finding uh, that leaders have in common right now that they need coaching with? Well, first of all, we're in crisis management. We're not just leading as per normal. Uh, we're not just trying to build our companies and build our teams. We're actually in crisis management. So the first thing a leader needs to realize is that it's a very different um, landscape. Hmm. And a lot of self-compassion is needed 
when you're navigating new waters. Leaders, I'm hearing a lot of leaders kind of blaming and shaming themselves, and that is not going to be helpful on any front. We are all in new territory, and we're, we're trying to find the data almost on an hour-by-hour basis that's going to lead into our leadership decisions. And so we have to have grace for ourselves. I think that leaders need to determine how much empathy they have for themselves in the season, how much empathy they have for their teams, because everyone's walking through this. And um, the stresses are, quite frankly, Ellen, I don't think that we realize the amount of stress that we're just handling. I, you know, you and I, uh, I'll be very vulnerable right now, but you and I had a coaching call last week and I had to cancel it uh, because that day I felt my blood pressure was very high. I had this headache that wouldn't go away and I was concerned about my health. And I know it was stress-related episode. Now, fortunately it passed, but I was trying to dig deep, like what's stressing me out? Nothing's different today, but I think it was just the culmination And I think for a lot of leaders, self-compassion for sure, empathy for yourself and for others, and also appropriate transparency and vulnerability with your teams. This is not the time to pretend the fake it till you make it leadership. This is the time to let your team know, hey, I don't have the answer to that, but let me work on that. Can we work on it together? Um, We look at our leaders right now in our country, and every day they're giving us the new data that's going to guide our decisions today. And I think we need to remember that it's not always on the leader. Leaders lead, of course, but you lead people that need to follow as well. So it's not always on the leader's shoulders to handle this. Um, I'm telling leaders, if you don't have a chain of command right now in your leadership throughout your organization, today is the day to do that. Because if you as a leader become incapacitated, who's going to be the next one who's going to step in? Uh And uh, Ellen, you would be surprised how many leaders do not have that. Uh. They think they do, (laughs) but they actually don't. So that's a good thing to start working on right away. Mm -hmm. Um, It will help with this current crisis, and it will also help in the future for anything else that might happen. Mm -hmm. I read... I read an article yesterday by John Eldridge. It was a devotional article, Mm -hmm. and he talked about um, benevolent, not this is the wrong word, but like benevolent apathy (laughs) in a way. I was saying, you know, and it was interesting because it talked about how as leaders, we carry, and I think it's not just leaders, but we carry so much. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we were already carrying a heavy backpack when this started um, because we probably already carried too much. And then this started and our backpack got heavy because we care about our teams. We care about our families. We care about our kids. We care about our neighborhoods. We care about Mm -hmm. our, most of us are involved in a church community. There are a lot of things to care about. And to be frank, leaders are often leaders because they are the ones who will step in and do something about it. 
That's and right. So our backpacks are heavy. So what would you say, I guess, to those leaders? I know for me, I'm like, how do I let go of this backpack? I realize it's too heavy. I'm tired. Um, yep. You know, I was tired when 2020 started and I'm yep. I'm weary now. So what do you say? Because I'm, I'm guessing I'm not the only weary leader out there. <laughs> no, you're not. And I'm glad that you were able to articulate that you were already weary going into it. Because that is a key place to start. So my big concern right now is leaders like you who were probably already over their capacity prior to COVID and maybe they were on the edge of burnout then. Hmm. Um, and now they've got this whole other layer going on in their personal lives and again in their businesses and communities. And we can't just go to church on Sunday and sort of get our tank filled up with all our relationships and things. And that's another whole layer. So I'm going to offer uh, your listeners a great tool that they can actually, um, it's kind of a, a baseline for us. It's gathering the data on ourselves. So it will tell you where you're in danger, whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, and so I'm going to offer that as a gift to your listeners uh, so they can do a check-in with themselves. You know, we always say that a leader can't give what they don't have. And so when you start to recognize that there's some things going on in your life that are real tension points for you, um, character is always tested in trial, right? Character is great when things are prospering and successful uh, but when we're in crisis and when we're being pressed, that's when our true character comes out. Uh, Dr. Mary always says, pay attention to the tension. So what are the tension points right now? Um, <laughs> one of my tension points right now is navigating this virtual world in my home where the internet is tapped out sometimes because my hubby and I are both doing Zoom stuff. Um, and it's a frustration. Uh, and I can find myself getting short about that and instead of just going, okay, Jillian, it is what it is. We need to do a better juggling thing. But for your, for your listeners, if you feel that you were already on, in burnout, you're kind of in dangerous ground. And the goal is to get you back to a healthy place. And it's going to take some time. And so be really patient with yourself. Have a lot of empathy for self. And Ellen, you have very trusted friends who I know you lean into. There are a lot of lonely leaders out there. They don't have that network, um, probably because they've been running at such a high pace. They haven't taken the time to develop it. So for leaders, you need a couple of trusted people in your corner who you can just be vulnerable with, who you can shed a few tears with, um, who you can like spill it and just get it out. You're going to need that. Um, this isn't over and I want leaders to be coming out of it with some fruit. I want them to have more empathy. I want them to have a more vulnerable, appropriately vulnerable life, more transparent. Uh, certainly I want them to be building resilience during this time, but you can't build those things if you're already kind of fractured. Mm -hmm. So let's find out where you're at. And then, you know, take the necessary steps, whether it's seeing a therapist, uh, getting a good health check and changing some things up. Sleep is such an important thing right now. Um, 
I, I saw John Acuff, he put something on yesterday about his his sleep that's like a rock. And then the other nights he stays up awake. And we're all doing that right now. So for those leaders who are struggling with something like that, start to do the necessary adjustments for that right now. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And if you can't find that friend right away, find a coach. Very honestly, I mean, Jillian and I, I have had to, we've had to work through some things together. Mm -hmm. There have been tears, there has been frustration, there's been all of those things, but it's a transparent, safe space because I know that Jillian is for me and I know you're for me. And so I would say to a leader that doesn't have that friend right now, um, start with a coach and at least you can start getting the stuff out, which may get you to a healthier spot to be able to connect with a friend. So, yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a small piece, but you can pay someone right now to help you through this lonely yes. time. Is that fair? That is very fair. And um, I, I want to really make it clear to your listeners, too, that I'm not a therapist. I'm a coach. So a therapist looks at your history and your past. A coach looks where you're at and your future because we want you moving forward so some of your leaders um they're listening might need th- both a therapist and a coach and some people might need to start with therapy first but i would really encourage you um i have a i have a labrador retriever i do not try and do veterinary care for my lab on my own i take him to the vet when he's not feeling well i need an expert and I think sometimes Christians believe that I can just pray about it, have people pray about it, but you need some people who are gifted in an area of expertise like therapy to walk you through some things. So reach out. It mm-hmm. is the, probably one of the most sacred things you'll do. Mm-hmm. So good. And you know, the things that have been coming up in this season as we have been interviewing or as as I have been interviewing and getting to talk with some incredible people, one is uh, one that came up was fear that leaders are like, I'm afraid to, I don't know what's going on either. I'm afraid. The other was, I want to quit. <laughs> I think these are common. So I'm afraid I want to quit. And I think the third is, and it it wasn't said this way, but it's kind of like that. I don't know what I'm doing either. And, uh, and so, and that came up in that, you know, the five-year plan that every board likes to have. Oh yeah. It's out the window now. It's a three month plan. And so, you know, this idea of, uh, you know, so what do you say to the leader who number one is afraid right now? (laughs) Sure. Well, what, what are you afraid of? Like name it. Just name it. Are you afraid of failure? Are you afraid of getting sick yourself? Are you afraid because there's so much on your shoulders that if you got sick, who would take over for you? Again, back to that chain of command, right? And crisis management. So what are you actually afraid of? I will tell you as an Enneagram 8, my big fear is lack of control. Well, hello. (laughs) I mean... In this season, I do not have control over anything except my own habits and behaviors and responses, right? So I've had to, like, it's been ugly, Ellen, because I've had to let go of so much. And that's a process for me always. But I just can't control how other people act in the grocery store or, you know, whatever, 
So, but I can only control myself. So my fear is controlling others. If I just control everybody, everything will be good. Well, I can't do that in the season. So I need to say that to myself. Um, what, what is the fear? What is the fear from? Is it, are you seeing things in yourself that are kind of ugly? So if that's the case, that's okay. Remember, pay attention to the tension. These are things that you can work on. Um, and it's okay to have some ugly days because that's what that's what this pandemic is doing. It's creating some ugly stuff. Um, but remember that, you know, it's it's okay to have those days where you just want to have a good cry, throw up your hands, say, I want to quit. Um, again, those are the days that you need that person to talk to. And if you don't have that, you really need to work on that. <laughs> Like seriously, <laughs> yes. every leader needs a, a good, trusted friend. Mm -hmm. And especially for pastors, pastors are the worst at this. Because in most pastoral cases, are you going to have a friend in your congregation that knows everything and everybody and you can't really commiserate with? Mm -hmm. um, when I was pastoring, my best uh, mentor was another pastor at a completely different church and the two of us could get together and just let it all out and we could walk away feeling like we just had a nice shower <laughs> and so you know support each other but we weren't in each other's life every day so for pastors you need to have somebody that's trusted and it's scary but you need to do it are you a nonprofit leader passionate about your organization's mission but unsure how to communicate it effectively do you wish your communications budget went further, that your development and communications teams worked better together, or that you had a stronger plan to find new supporters? At Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good, we get it. With you in mind, we've custom built solutions for nonprofit organizations to make your message have more impact, reach further, and connect with the right people for years to come. Schedule your free consultation by emailing solutions at grafmartin.com. Again, that's solutions at grafmartin.com. And what about that leader who, who today, pastor, ministry leader, yeah. um, nonprofit CEO, business leader who says, I just, I, I can't do it. I want to quit. Yeah. So it sounds like for that person, there's a, they're at their capacity um, and they should be right. Because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at you, you have a family, you have a daughter, you have lots of responsibility on you and oh my goodness, how can you go from the thing that was pre COVID and add all these extra layers and think that you had all that extra capacity. So what I would say is, have you checked your property line? So Henry Cloud does this beautiful analogy about boundaries where he talks about your personal property line, like the fence around your property, right? Um, in some of our cases, our fence posts have to be moved back towards the main door a little bit. Uh, we can't have this expansive front yard with a nice fence line because we can't mow the whole thing right now. We need to move the property line back. So are you overcommitted? Are there things that you're doing that are not crucial for this season? 
Um, I think a lot of us have had to reprioritize, but as leaders, we want to be effective on so many fronts and we probably already were pre-COVID and a lot of those things have been taken from us. Um, our, our ministry roles at church and things like that, they've been taken from us for the most part. Don't step back into new territory just because there's an opportunity. So check your property line. What, what are you marking off? What are you protecting? What are you keeping out? For a leader that says, I want to quit, that's a good sign that they're overwhelmed, they're fatigued, and they're at capacity. Something's got to give. Mm -hmm. And it takes yeah. a lot of self-compassion to say, you know what, I can't take on that new responsibility, or no, I can't help you. Um, no, I, you know, I can't take on that new thing right now. I just don't have the capacity to do that. So what are some really practical things? I'm just thinking, you know, for the, we kind of talked about that with fear, get with a person, get with a friend, name the fears. What's, yep. How do you practically set boundaries um, like that or move your boundaries? Yeah. Well, number one, um, there's a great exercise where you take a piece of paper, um, you draw a circle in the middle about the size of a cereal bowl. And outside that cereal bowl, you write down everything you're doing. So whether you're a board member, whether you're leading your organization, you know, you're doing a class online, whatever it is, write down all your responsibilities, everything that you kind of do in the course of a day or a week. You know, you drive your kid to school, you manage the groceries, all that stuff. And then take a look at all those things you're doing and only move into the circle what is necessary in this season. It's going to be a lot. You're going to have a lot on that page. And then you're going to look at it and go, no wonder I'm tired. No wonder I feel over capacity. Take a look at that. And for the next three months, only do what needs to be done. Remember you were saying that we're not in a five-year plan anymore. We're in a three-month plan. Well, you also need to do that for yourself. And it will mean you're going to bug some people. Some people are not going to be happy with you saying no. But you have to be happy with yourself too. And I always say this. I will say it till my dying breath. When you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Your yes is always a no. So if you say yes to being on the board, what are you saying no to? You're saying no to family time. You're saying no to rest time. You're saying no to recovery time. So take a look at that sheet of paper. Only move into it what is necessary for the next three months. Mm. Say no to the That's rest. Good. That's good. And I think as you're saying this, I'm like, I am imagining my circle and thinking I need to do this. And then tomorrow night I actually have coaching with you. So we should probably talk about that. But it's, I think it's we'll good. be revisiting this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Now, okay. The, the three month plan is the other thing that keeps coming up. So we have leaders who um, they've had a five-year plan. They've had to move really quickly. I mean, boards love long, good plans, um, knowing what they're going to do. And then we don't have five-year plans right now. I don't even know, you know, we are even talking in, at, in here saying we need to plan in three-month chunks because we don't know what it's yeah. going to look like. So what do you say to that leader who feels like their world is a little bit upside down because what has been reliable 
is no longer reliable. Right. So you are being tested as an emergent leader. That's what I'm going to say. Mm. Um, we are emerging week by week, month by month through a global pandemic. And again, that's self-compassion. So I would really urge your listeners to Google self-compassion. There's a lot of writing in the psychology world about it right now. Um, there are some specialists in this area. Uh, I mean, start there. Start with being compassionate towards yourself and letting yourself off the hook a little bit because you're used to running with the big guys, right? You're used to running that five-year plan and being delivering things like that. Um, my good friend, Angie uh, Peters at Young Street Mission, you know, she said like that, the plan's out the window. They're meeting the needs of their people. They're meeting the needs of their team. They're meeting the needs of their leadership. And that's about all they're doing right now. And yes, they're dreaming about the future, but the immediate needs are so pressing and in some cases, life and death, when you're dealing with homeless people and like she is. So that's much more important than a five-year plan. And we're going to get back to the dreams. We're going to get back to the five-year plans. But this season, this is all about building resilience. It's all about building your skill set because there's going to be another bumpy time ahead. And great leaders always have a growth mindset. They're always thinking about growth. They're always dreaming about growth. And right now, what is the growth in this season? Are you seeing growth in yourself? Hey, like, you know, you're still in the game. Like you got up this morning and you're in front of a podcast microphone. You're still in it. Like you're surviving. You're doing well. And you're doing the best you have with what you've got today. And all of us are doing that. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. We're showing up each day. And some days are going to be a little bit more desperate than others. That's okay. Mm -hmm. So don't be putting unnecessary pressure on yourself for these deliverables that are not necessary in this particular season. And I think, you know, in our home, we actually, it's, there's something called the umbrella project um, that my daughter's involved in at her school. Mm. And we call them your umbrella skills, which are resilience, growth mindset, um, yeah. I'm trying to think of general or gratitude, gratitude, kindness, you know, these, if you, if anyone wants to look it up, it's the umbrella project, but those, they talk about that those become your umbrella in yep. the storm. And that, and it's true. And, you know, I'm seeing them that that gratitude, for example, is an enormous skill right now. So everything is not horrible, even though sometimes it feels like it. And, uh, and some of the people that I talk to, they're just grateful that they don't have to travel so much anymore. That's right. Um, but there, you know, that that phrase, there's always something to be thankful for. I think that that yeah. is so true that even in this season, we have so much to be grateful for. And so that yeah gratitude actually is a huge umbrella skill right now. You know, it's interesting because um, Dr. Mary and I did a, a podcast episode on both growth mindset versus fixed mindset and gratitude. There's so much research going on to these in these areas right now. Resilience is going to be the buzzword for the next decade. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So much good scientific research going into that area. But with gratitude, um, one of the things that happens with gratitude, so this is why it's so important. So when Ellen wakes up in the morning and she's sitting having her tea and she's thinking about the things she's grateful for, 
uh, what ends up happening is there's two kind of neurotransmitters are being tapped into in your brain. They're called serotonin and dopamine. And these are the feel-good neurotransmitters. They actually make you feel more positive. They actually elicit a sense of hope. And what they do is when they take over, our stress hormones actually decrease. Hmm. So in the morning when we're practicing gratitude, we're actually doing this thing in our brain that is having a major effect on us physiologically as well. It affects our heart rate, it affects our um, endocrine systems, all kinds of things that are going on within us. So we're actually giving ourselves kind of this huge boost. Mm -hmm. But what happens over time is when we're tapping into these neurotransmitters is we're rewiring our brain. Isn't that fascinating? That's amazing. It is. So this practice of gratitude, and I think it's why scripture is so clear, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Mm -hmm. Be anxious for nothing, but with everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving, right? yes. With thanksgiving. So the Lord knew how we were wired and he knows how our brains work. And he's helping us to see that when we come at life with an attitude of gratitude, it's actually giving us these things in our body, which we need as leaders and as parents and as people in the world, but also we're rewiring our brain for the long term. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Well, and I have been thinking that, you know, the three, the three month plan versus the five year plan allows us to be much more present. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, in my brain, I'm thinking, how do we, we turn to being thankful for what we have right now, rather than what we are hoping for in mm -hmm. the next five years. And yeah. so, yes, I do think, you know, my, my brain, and I just even said this this morning to our lead team, is I'm always thinking, how do I stay in this for the long run? And how do we stay in this as an organization for the long run? And part of that right now is say, being grateful for what we've got and being present right now so mm -hmm. that we're in it <laughs> in the long yeah. run. And when we start to be thankful for these things and we realize that this is a three, we're in for three months, I think there's a lot of things that we can innovate mm. that we wouldn't normally try if we were married to a five-year plan. This is a great time for innovation. I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing from teachers, how they're taking this awful situation in the classroom and they're becoming innovative. I was listening to a teacher the other day. She was talking about going to Home Depot and getting some pails and creating instruments out of PVC piping and pails for her music class because they were the things that she could wash at the end of the day. And I'm thinking, I want to be in that class. I want to be in a class of innovation, of a growth mindset, mm -hmm. that seeing that we can still do things differently and have fun with it. And it's not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think innovation, innovation is key. We actually have the opportunity to innovate right now. But, you know, most people, when they think innovation, they don't think buckets from Home Depot and PVC pipe. They think I need to have this great grand idea. And maybe it's okay that it's just PVC pipe and buckets from Home yeah. Depot are your innovation right now. Well, how many people realized um, that home cooking was such a gift, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, really, I mean, you know, I couldn't find yeast anywhere. Everybody was baking sourdough bread and lovely stuff. 
And there is a beauty to innovating, even in some old ways that we've kind of lost touch with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So good. Now, okay, so I'm just thinking to make this super practical, if anyone's taking notes, what are some of the key questions that you're asking leaders right now um, yeah. so that they can start thinking through these, like write them down, everyone, if you're listening, these are questions that you can be thinking through. Yeah. So in what, what hurts right now? What hurts? You know, does your brain hurt? Does your heart hurt? Uh, is your spirit hurting? Some people are very lonely. There's a lot of lonely leaders out there. What hurts? Hmm. Um, because when we can, give voice to that, we can start to make some changes to alleviate some of that pain. Um, and leaders typically don't spend a lot of time thinking about what's going on inside. They're so external focused, right? So what is helping right now? So for you were saying that some people are loving that they're not traveling as much, they're mm -hmm. not away from home as much. So that could be helping. What are you learning? Mm -hmm. What are you learning about yourself? What are you learning about your capacity, your team? I think we're seeing people step up in new ways. Uh, we're learning that um, real estate doesn't necessarily mean business is getting done, right? We can work from home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The world hasn't come to a standstill. Mm -hmm. um, what would your hope be coming out of this season? Like if somebody were to say, when Ellen was leading through that season, the fruit that I saw in her as a leader was dot, dot, dot. Hmm. What do you want people to see in you mm -hmm. out of the season? Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good one. I feel like I need to answer, but I got to think about. So you said, yeah, what, 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 what hurts right now? What hurts? What help? What helps what, right now? Yeah. What are you learning? What are you learning? And what was the last one I just said? And how do you come out of this? Oh. What do you want to come out yeah, of this? Yeah. yeah, what 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 fruit do you want to come out of this? So when you look back at um, crises throughout the world uh, in the past, there were people who came out of it in such a way that it didn't crush them. Hmm. Um, when we think of people who survived the Holocaust um, and we we read their books and we hear their stories and they're still able to uh, give forgiveness to their tormentors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like they came out of that horrible situation with gifts and others didn't. And in any situation, I want to be that kind of person that comes out with gifts. Mm. And especially as a leader, Mm -hmm. You want to come out with gifts, not only mm -hmm. to yourself, but to others. Mm -hmm. Well, and I said at the beginning of all of this, I want to come out stronger yes. and I want our, I want our organization to come out stronger. And I think for me, what I need to do is step back and articulate, not right now, but maybe with you later, is articulate what does stronger look like? So what I do just I mean by stronger? <laughs> yeah, because stronger for some people might be a healthier bottom line. Mm -hmm. Stronger for some people might be um, that they've had to make some hard calls in the organization that have led to better internal health. Uh, one of the things I'm hearing from some young leaders that um, as they've been away from the office culture 
is that they've realized how unhealthy the culture was. Hmm. And their hope is that when they return, and this is what I'm asking them, what are those guardrails? What are those property lines you're going to put around yourself when you return to the office environment so you can stay out of that unhealthy cultural stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they want to stay out of it because they actually want to lead a healthier change. They, they want to be a change maker to their culture. Mm-hmm. So that is, for some of the younger leaders I'm seeing, that's what they want their gift to be is that they will have been change makers in their organizations for healthier culture shifts. I think that's massive. What oh, is that's that is so encouraging, actually. It is. <laughs> that's enormously encouraging. Now, okay, here, what have you learned? Now, this is going to turn the table a little bit. What have you learned about yourself during this season? Uh, well, I told you already that um, I love control. Yes. <laughs> So it's it's shown me what a illusion my thought of control is. Uh, It's just an illusion, really. So I've been learning a lot of the uglies in myself about control. Uh, That's not easy to say, but it's true. Mm -hmm. I've been learning um, that I'm, as an Enneagram 8, I'm um, I'm also the product of immigrant parents. You know, mm-hmm. I watched them rebuild their lives and I'm used to just bucking up, right? Like just pulling up the socks and getting on with it. And I've realized in some of my downtime how little rest I give myself. Mm-hmm. And so I've given myself a lot of permission to read really stupid books, like just these mystery novels that, you know, they're not going to... They're not going to challenge me. They're not going to do anything. And I've given myself a lot of time to just dream a little. Um, I've been doing some artistic things lately. Uh, I love photography. I've been taking my camera out and relearning what it feels like to hold a regular camera rather than my iPhone. Mm -hmm, (laughs) And all the dials are for. So that's been a little bit of fun. I'm also learning how impatient I am. Um, The first trip to the grocery store uh, in COVID taught me that. Like, I was so stressed out, like I forgot something and there's one way down the aisle and I had to backtrack. And I think it took me two hours to do the grocery shopping. Uh, So I've learned a little bit about my patience level for my lack of tolerance for discomfort. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be something that North Americans are actually facing for the first time mm-hmm. is our, our pain level is pretty low. Yeah, Our pain tolerance is yeah. low and our pain level is high. And I think you're right. We're, we're ha- our lack of patience with discomfort in this season. It's not a comfortable season. It's and, not. and I know, so you alluded to this, but, um, you use the Enneagram with yep. me and my coaching. It's really helpful. So you talked about the the uh, the pain point for an eight. So I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot. Could, do you know the pain points for the different, the nine different types? You can start with me. I'm a seven. What is my fear? Or not pain point. You said fear. What is the You're, fear for a seven? Well, the fear for the seven is fear of missing out. We're missing right? out on everything right now. Yeah. Yes. FOMO yeah. is the title for yeah. the seven, right? Um, and so, and it's fear of, 
It's fear of pain too, because sevens love to live in the land of happy and shiny and um, everything's good and exciting. And then when things start to get dull and boring and trudgy, if that's a word, mm-hmm. they, they just, that's painful, mm-hmm. big time. Mm-hmm. So this is a very painful season for sevens. Mm-hmm. It's a painful season for every single number on the Enneagram. <laughs> yes. It really is. Um, people. It, it really is. And uh, Mary and I did a podcast episode specifically about that um, on season one towards the end. I think it's 33 or 34. So if people really want to tune if they're interested in the Enneagram, that might be a really good one because we go through in detail for each number. Perfect. Perfect. Because there are specific things that each number fears and avoids and all those things. So really helpful. So yes, we will include that in the show notes so that people can go back and use that. Now, is there anything else? Because I know like we are running out of time and I wish we could just do this forever. And I know even our coaching sessions always go over time because we just have so much to say, but is there anything else you wish a leader would know? Or if you could just say something compassionate or encouraging or kicking in the butt to the leaders across the country. You're doing a great job. You are doing a great job. And we hear the word unprecedented and it is an unprecedented season. And look at you. I mean, you're, you are, you're getting up in the morning, you're doing your best. You're carrying the weight of your organizations on your shoulders and the thing that got you into leadership in the beginning is the thing that's being refined in you now. Hmm. The thing that got us into leadership in the beginning is the thing that's being refined now. Yeah. You know, when we take fine uh, metals, the only way we see the true beauty of it is in the refining, the, the fire purpose, right? The, the crushing. And nobody wants to hear those words. Mm-hmm. But you're being refined as a leader. And when you give yourself the grace and space and that self-compassion that's so needed in this season to allow yourself to be refined. So when I ask you the question, what hurts? What I'm really asking is, what are your pain points right now? And if my pain point is control, I need to work on letting go of that illusion of control in order to let myself off the hook. And for you, <laughs> you know, it's not going to be shiny and new tomorrow. And it's mm-hmm. not going to be the next project. It's going to be sticking with the knitting mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to borrow an old phrase. Like, <laughs> you know, that sweater you started two years ago needs to be completed. And it's kind of trudgy, but you're going to get it done. And it's going to be beautiful when you're done. Yeah. And it's true. I mean, I booked a trip for Christmas time because we are hoping to see my mom because my family's all across the country. And I, when I booked it, I'm not going to lie. I texted my husband and I said, I booked it. Don't know why I even bothered. (laughs) Probably going to get canceled anyhow. It is trudgy. And so um, I'm really grateful to have you helping me trudge through and look at what is possible on the other side and be stronger. So Jillian, where can people find more information about you, your podcast, if they want to know more? Sure. Uh, My website is www.jillianmcshane. That's Jillian with a G, mcshane.com. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Life Coach Jillian. And you can find me uh, co-hosting the Fully Lived Life podcast on all of the major podcast platforms. And I highly recommend the Fully Lived Life podcast. I just want you to know that Jillian co-hosts with Dr. Mary and um, it is a real conversation between mm -hmm. really smart friends who have strong insight and genuinely care about the people that they're sharing with um, or that they're listeners. They, I think that's true, right? You genuinely care. You're not doing this to be famous. You're doing this because nope. you got to share this stuff. You know, when we started the podcast, Ellen, it was because there were some younger women who were watching our relationship and said, we want to have what you have. Mm. And we were like, Ugh, like we, it took us a long time to get to where we are. And so we thought if we could just model what we do with each mm -hmm. other and mm -hmm. we hold each other's feet to the fire, it's pretty intense sometimes, but we show up vulnerable because we want people to know what goes on in our inner world so that they don't feel alone hmm. and to see, see the process of just even developing a trusted friendship. What does he, mm -hmm. that even look like? So good. Oh, Jillian, I'm so grateful to have you in my life. And I'm so glad that I've gotten to spend the last 45 minutes sharing you with other people. But tomorrow night, I get you all to myself again. So, you do. <laughs> and, now, and then we'll debrief from all of what we talked about today. Yes, but absolutely. I, just, I so value you and I so am grateful for you. So thank Ellen, you. Ellen, you just stay strong. You're doing a great job. Thank you. You really Jillian. are. And everyone who needs to hear that, that was for you too. And you're Absolutely. doing a good job, even if all you can see right now are the struggles in front of you or the things that you're messing up, you're doing a great job just still getting up in the morning, you right? You are. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Jillian. And I know that we will talk again. We will. Take care. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Changemakers podcast brought to you by Graf Martin Integrated Marketing Solutions for Good. Graf Martin is Canada's leading integrated marketing and communications agency for nonprofit organizations seeking to do more good. If you need an agile, full service marketing agency to move your organization forward, we get it. Visit grafmartin.com to learn more and schedule your free consultation so that you can do more good.